welcome to this special bonus episode of Pod for Teacher. I'm Aaron Fitzpatrick. I'm Nate Langelli. And I'm Brad Baldwin. The Journalism Education Association, along with student journalists and advisors nationwide, celebrate Student Journalism Week this week. And as teachers of journalism and communications, along with Nate, who has heard of journalism. Perhaps. I've heard of yellow journalism. (laughs) (laughs) Still journalism. Yeah, sure. Um, We'd be remiss not to take this opportunity to celebrate scholastic journalism with a special bonus pod. Now, of course, let's uh, clarify. This has nothing to do with... The shaming we experience at the hands of our most avid fans, or as Fitz might call them, podvocates. Podvocates. Yeah, yeah, that's lame. Um, <laughs> we're failing to get an episode out in January. Yeah, nothing to do with that. No connection. Sorry, Bowen. So today we're going to look at the term fake news and its connection to media literacy and how it's been a hot, hot button issue in the country over the past few years. What is fake news and what is not? You are fake news. Fake news. The fake news awards. Fake news. Fake news stories. The continued controversy over fake news. It's fake news. <laughs> we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. That's fake news. And the fake news winners are dot, dot, dot. <laughs> this whole fake news thing. What is and isn't fake news? Fake news. Fake news. This is fake news. This fake news. Mm. Fake news. It is the definition of fake news. What is the definition of fake news? How do we avoid buying into it? And why is media literacy more important now than ever before? We'll dig right in after this word from Switchfoot. I'm gonna believe you. I'm gonna believe that everything is in between. The fact is fiction. Welcome back. So, fake news is defined as sources that intentionally fabricate information, disseminate deceptive content, tongue twister, red leather, yellow leather, or grossly distort actual news reports. However, since the term has become a part of the American lexicon, it's also been incorrectly used to label news that the subject finds unflattering. Most reputable news organizations typically steer clear of labeling content as fake news, unless it's in the context of websites that are meant to look like news websites that are publishing false stories. Instead, they'll use the term hoax or misinformation or identify something as false. So according to the Pointer Institute, older Americans share more fake news stories than young people. However, they also share more facts, so you can take the good with the bad there, I guess. So one explanation might be that we're consuming more media now than ever before. Teens alone spend nearly one-third of their day consuming media. How much, I haven't heard how much time of the day we spend consuming media, you know, like that, that, that doesn't surprise me, that statistic. It is a crazy number, but it's like, I also don't believe that we're that far off, probably. No, it sounds know? pretty accurate, honestly. Yeah. Social media also contributes to the issue, definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, A recent Columbia University study found that 59% of online links uh, shared on social media are never actually clicked. In other words, people, by and large, are blindly sharing content without verifying its credibility. Astounding. That is. I would never do that. Never. (laughs) Um, And according to a new media consumption study commissioned by the Knight Foundation, almost half of the nearly 6,000 American college students surveyed 
said they lacked confidence in discerning real from fake news on social media. And 36% of them said the threat of misinformation made them trust all media less. This is a real problem when the basis of a functioning democracy is a well-informed electorate. And in November of 2016, Stanford University published a study that found students of varying levels were consistently unable to determine the credibility of an online news source. The report was based on more than 7,800 responses from middle school, high school, and college students in 12 states who were asked to evaluate information in tweets, comments, and articles. According to the report, when middle school students were asked to distinguish between an ad and a news story, they often couldn't. High school students did not consistently notice that a chart on gun violence was created by a political action committee, and college students did not go out of their way to research sites with .org URLs. So one glimmer of hope, however, is that the same report analyzed posts from 135,000 college-age Twitter users to learn more about their media consumption habits and found that students often cross-reference their news with several different sources because of the possibility of misinformation. But while that finding points to college students' inclination to confirm news and information before they share it, it's also concerning for trust in the mainstream media. So it's, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy, just the existence of the, of the misinformation and the, and the fake uh, content that's shared out there makes people trust the media less. Hence, then, they are seemingly a little bit, at least increasingly inclined to, to check their sources, which I guess at the end of the day is a good thing. Um, so today we, we did something a little different with this episode. Um, instead of having our, our typical guest on, I, I know uh, I, everyone's chomping at the bit to get another another little taste of Uncle Griff uh, <laughs> on, on the pod. He's uh, he'll, he he'll be back. Don't worry. Um, oh, he hasn't gone anywhere. He's he's not gone anywhere. We, we, he just he just stopped in to say hello, actually. Um, but we actually caught up with or I caught up with a number of our students to get their take on this topic. So when we come back, you'll hear from them. Stick around. Pod for Teacher is the brainchild of Aaron Fitzpatrick, Nate Langelli, and Brad Baldwin, and is produced in their personal capacity, or in their own personal capacity, redundancy if you want. Opinions expressed in this podcast are the hosts and guests' own, and do not reflect the views of Freedom Area High School or the Freedom Area School District. Any account of this podcast without the written consent of Jeff Bezos is strictly prohibited. What does the term fake news mean to you? Uh, the term fake news would be any news that is deliberately put out there to try and misstray the audience and who would be reading it to try and push like something up their own agenda or maybe something that's misconstrued on purpose. Okay. Uh, so like as a consumer of news, like, how do you make sure that the information that you consume and share is credible? By looking more into the story than just looking at the headline and making sure like if other people are like, oh, this was, this was wrong, this was reported wrong, here's what actually happened and that other things can back up that that uh, news, then it would be a good idea to check other sources. Okay, who is better at determining real news from fake news, you or your parents? Um, I would say that I'm better because I have experience from class just learning about what's real and what's fake and how to tell, like if a source is really covering things well. So you wouldn't mind me telling your parents that you're, that you're better than them? No, you can tell them. <laughs> Do you notice a lot of misinformation being shared on social media? Yeah, I would say there is a lot of misinformation because people often post things just to post them and they don't really think about what's factual, what they're saying. They just kind of hear something and then immediately post about it without fact-checking themselves or the source that they used. Okay, which social media platform might one find the most fake news? 
Well, I think personally, just from having it, I think Twitter, just because it does a lot and um, anything spreads so fast on there, no matter who you are, it could be literally anything, but fake news personally, I think spreads the fastest on there. It, fa it spreads more than, or faster than regular news just because it's more interesting. Like, I think it's more interesting because there's more to it and you can kind of have like your own little investigation in it. But I don't know, I, yeah, personally, I think Twitter probably more than any others. Have you ever engaged with someone online after noticing that they shared information you didn't believe was credible? Um, I guess if I'm ever scrolling through Twitter, sometimes um, the, the editor in me, like if I see something that I think like that isn't correct, I'll like quote it on Twitter or something and be like, actually, this is not, you know, this isn't reliable. Actually, the other day I just like screenshotted something on Snapchat and like sent it to my friend and was like, this is so wrong, like it's not even funny. So yes, I've done that before. What does the term media literacy mean to you? Uh, media literacy means that you need to be cautious when you're looking at other articles. Oftentimes when we're scrolling through Twitter, we see all these like news headlines that are outrageous and like usually just sometimes at least are put on there just to like make somebody mad or like, uh, or they're misleading. So media literacy a lot of times means looking further into things and not just looking at like the outside picture, but diving in farther. Um, it also means to, if you're a journalist, um, being careful about being objective and things like that and, you know, yeah. So how and when did you learn, did you first learn to be media literate? This year, whenever a lot of things um, within the media have been happening about all these like claims of the media, the, the word the media is thrown on all the time. And um, I think this year is when I truly realized that it's so important to be media literate and um, realize what you're reading or you're writing. So I guess this year, whenever all this important stuff happened with the media and the government and things like that whenever those things are being handled and written about or just like the world in general I would say this is when I really realized how important it was. What are you doing to celebrate Scholastic Journalism Week? Um, we're doing things in class and promoting our um, news stories and saying like what the Tinkerversary is about and teaching others what that is about and how it can affect their everyday life. Where have you heard the term fake news and what was your reaction to it when you first heard about it? Um, I heard, I mean, I've heard the word fake news a lot recently. Like, I've seen it uh, used on the news a lot, but it's also kind of being thrown around on social media a bunch. And it's not really even about, like, political things anymore. It's just about, like, like I hear it, like, it'll be a story about anything. And someone, if they don't agree with it, they'll just say fake news. It's, it's kind of funny at first, but it's kind of just old now. So you're seeing it more as like a, a reaction to s information that somebody doesn't like versus something that actually is not factual? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So like, what can we do as a society to get past this culture of fake news? I guess if people would uh, just kind of like be more, like go off on their own and try to learn more about something, um, actually figure out the, what they think's right, like instead of just going off of one source, that'd be one way too. If you're looking at specific social media, 
apps like you know Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Which one? Which one of those, or which uh, which of those, are you most likely to find fake news? Um, I would say probably Facebook and Snapchat. I, I think Instagram would probably be like the least compared to like Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, just because there's like more companies on there, I guess, and it's. Um, I don't, the layout's a little bit different, but with Facebook and Snapchat, it's more like people local. It suggests it suggests local people, and um, I think articles can just be spread by um, just older people on Facebook not knowing um, to like curate things because they're new to it, or on Snapchat with like rumors and just like gossip with local people. Um, and Twitter just seems to just have a lot of arguments on there, so there's not really much information, but more bickering. So we can basically be safe in just blaming the old people? <laughs> no, not necessarily. I'm just anyone who doesn't take the time to try and learn um, how to use things, I guess. What does the term media literacy mean to you? I think it's more along the lines of knowing what you're reading and whether or not it can apply to you and also is the information that you're reading practical and factual like is this information you're receiving something that matters and is it actually the information that you can prove some other way and that you know to be truthful what can we do as a society to get past this whole culture of fake news are we are we ever going to hear the end of those two words put together um, most likely not. People are all, there's always going to be rumors, things that people spread around for just to either push one of their own agendas or just because they believe it, even though it's not true. It's still going to be there. People, not everybody can understand the difference between fake and real news because they just don't want to put the time into seeing whether or not that news is correct or not. And if we're ever going to solve the problem, we have to make sure people are able to tell the difference between fake and real news. And that would also start with just making sure everything published is real. All right, so what are you doing to celebrate Scholastic Journalism Week? To celebrate Scholastic Journalism Week, I'm currently making a poster to celebrate new voices. It's going to have a whole bunch of mouths all over it, so they're talking about journalism and how, like, new voices is a new thing that's going to be spread across the nation and how we want to keep empowering that. So, uh, new voices, what, like, what, what does that mean to you and your fellow student journalists? Um, I feel like new voices kind of gives us a more variety of what we're able to say and publish without having get restrictions on what we can say and what we can't do necessarily. So instead of having to go to the principal necessarily and have to get our work checked, we could be our own publication and be able to voice our own opinions and what we would like to publish. What are you doing to celebrate Scholastic Journalism Week? Oh, well, we are going to be making movie posters that kind of like outside of a movie theater building, you see like the frames with the movie posters in them. We're going to be doing that and hanging them up against the wall outside of our room so that we can showcase everything each day. So it'll kind of be like a insight of the week. So like each day there'll be a new poster up. So I'm very excited for that. And we'll be posting on social media a lot and just trying to showcase everything for everybody so everybody kind of gets a feel of what it is. So each poster then represents each theme of the of the Scholastic Journalism Week that J JEA put out there? Yeah, for example, mine is, we were all like assigned a different one for each day because each day is a different 
like they're showcasing different things. So Tuesday is real news, which I'm making a poster that's kind of like it says fact or fiction on it, and I'm just gonna kind of go along with that. But yeah, it's really interesting and it's coming along great. So yeah. awesome, thank you. How are you celebrating Scholastic Journalism Week? We're making posters to celebrate uh, Scholastic jo Journalism Week. Uh, my poster that I was assigned was uh, hashtag My Community Monday. And this is very important because we as the, the FHS press, we work to inform the community of local events and keep everyone informed of what's going on around us. And that's very important to, to not be ignorant of what is happening around us. What does the term fake news mean to you? I would say it's anything put out by anyone. It could be like an actual news source or any random people that are trying to express their opinions on a matter by saying it in a way that makes it seem real, but could be proven to be wrong. And, um, it therefore falsely informs other people because they just believe it because common misconceptions like if it seems accurate then it just is so how do you make sure that the information that you consume and share like on social media or whatever or with other people in general is credible anything that could be like taken either way I if I'm going to share like anything. I typically do it as more of an opinion on things that I already have learned about, I guess. Um, because I don't pretend to know all the information about anything, like any news, you know? So, but if I were to, I would try to check it against as many things as possible. And if I can't come to an accurate conclusion about it, I wouldn't say anything about it. This is Uncle Griff, and you're listening to Pod for Teacher. Now back to the guys. Wrapping up, Cornell University published an infographic on how to spot fake news, and the information it shares also doubles as sound advice for evaluating information you consume that we feel sums up our charge to you. One, consider the source. Click away from the story to investigate the site, its mission, and its contact information. Second, read beyond. Headlines can be outrageous in an effort to get clicks. What's the whole story? Third, check the author. Do a quick search on the author. Are they credible? Are they real? Fourth, supporting sources? Click on those links. Determine if the info given actually supports the story. I want to say fifth in French, but I can't. Fifth, check the date. Reposting old news stories doesn't mean they're relevant to current events. Sixth, is it a joke? Is it too outlandish? It might be a satire. Research the site and author to be sure. Seventh, Check your biases. Consider if your own beliefs could affect your judgment. And finally, ask the experts. Ask a librarian or consult a fact-checking site. What's a librarian? <laughs> That's what made me stumble. Like, librarian? Huh? How about that? Too, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Anyways, we'll leave you with this. In short, don't blindly share content. Whether or not something passes the smell test, remember that that's just one test. Credible content can and will be found on several sources, and it's your job as an educated citizen to do your due dil diligence and look. If your mother tells you she loves you, you'd better check that out. <laughs> My mommy does love me, by the way, just in case anybody's wondering.
Yeah, I think it's a phone call or two this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's all we have for today. We'd like to thank our students for helping us out with the Q&A. Follow us on Twitter, at Pod4Teacher. Obviously not me, but you can follow Nate and Aaron. You can follow Aaron at A. Fitzpatrick, C-J-E, and you can follow Nate at Jelly. Please subscribe as a listener on whichever platform you're hearing this podcast, and don't forget to rate. Thanks for listening, everybody. Happy Scholastic Journalism Week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Adios. Yeah.